Hello fellow time travelers, I'm Tony Witt with the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, the podcast in which we undertake the insert adjective here task of discussing in story order all of the Doctor Who novelizations. I'm joined by... Dalton Hughes. And by... Alison Fitzsafried. And we record our episodes twice a month. You're listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. Enjoy your travels. This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Video Junkyard Podcast. I am Eric O'Branson, and with me as always is Joe Peterson. How are you, Joe? Hey everybody, how's it going, Eric? Oh, pretty good. It's definitely, um, I, I say this every week, I guess it's just because I have two-year-olds, you know, but yeah. I was just going to say I'm you know, tired, but I say that every time we record, right? It's um, like a broken record. Well, we, we, we also are usually... guy ever sleep or quit complaining about being tired, but... Well, we, we both have two young kids. And mm-hmm. we also are usually recording our podcast episodes at 10 o'clock at night. So, yeah, I'm tired, <laughs> yeah. too. I challenge anyone with young children to stay up this late, you know, not be a little uh, yeah tired. Of, you know, it makes us good and crotchety for doing film reviews. So. Yeah, and which, which right. just means that when we like a movie, it's really good. <laughs> yeah, right. Because it's easy to hate on a movie when you're tired. Um, you know, it's yep. probably why I don't watch a lot of television, like just regular network television anymore, because I'm usually tired when I'm watching it and everything sucks. So, yeah. well, I mean, I watched it not tired and everything still kind of sucks, but yeah. that's network TV for you. So, yeah. So I guess let's, let's jump into what we're going to be talking about tonight now for, for our oh, second yeah, right. part Stephen of our King Stephen movies, King miniseries. Yeah. Yeah. So this week we are looking at a newer, uh, newer than the last one being Salem's Lot from 1979. We're looking at 1993's The Tommyknockers. From the best-selling novel by Stephen King. Haven, a sleepy New England town whose patriotic spirit is alive and well. Tommyknockers, Tommyknockers knocking at the door. But lately... Another kind of spirit has been knocking at Haven's doors. Tommy knockers, Tommy knockers, knocking at the door. Something is happening here. Two disappearances in one week. That's more than a coincidence. Oh, my ears are the force. I've never seen anything like it. Something unearthly. It's just gonna change everything. Oh, what's it like, this uh, feeling? Oh, let's experience it together. Something evil. Something is happening to you. Something's happening to this town. And I'm telling you, it has something to do with that thing in the woods in there. You're like a vampire. <laughs> you and your, your, your precious Tommy knockers. From the world's undisputed master of horror comes an extraordinary tale of terror. Join us. 
Jimmy Smith, Marg Helgenberger, Joanna Cassidy, Stephen King's The Tommyknockers. The small town of Haven becomes a hotbed of inventions all run by a strange green power device. This is the worst summary ever. I should have read the box. The whole town is digging something up in the woods, and only an alcoholic poet can discover the secret of the Tommyknockers. That description... Is Awful. as good as the movie is. <laughs> like, oh, and only an alcoholic poet. I love a hotbed of inventions run by a strange green power device. Like <laughs> this is like okay. Thanks IMDb for that one. Um, yeah, should have read uh, the long synopsis from the back of the box. But anyway, there we go. So, the Tommyknockers, interestingly enough, is the first Stephen King miniseries that I really remember being excited for to sit down and watch this thing on tv because you know back in the back in those days we we had to actually sit down and watch tv yeah um when it was on and there were commercials and all this stuff and kids these days they don't know don't know how good they've got it but um yeah i can remember the the promotion for this obviously uh the the miniseries of it preceded this i think by what like two or three years yeah 1990 91 yeah um, so it was coming off of the ma- the massive success that that was. Um, that one, I think, was a shot in the arm the way that Salem's Lot was initially way back when. Um, it was very popular. Tommyknockers also came out right in the like midst of the time when I was getting really, really into Stephen King. And I was about an eight, eight-year-old, eight, nine-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I would have been ten when this came out. Um Really, I was referring to I was eight or nine when I started reading uh, Stephen King. I think I've told the story. I told you the story before, but um, as I've said a hundred thousand times on the podcast, my parents were kind of sticklers about what I was uh, allowed to watch when I was a kid. So um, anything PG thirteen or R rated was kind of pretty much off the table. And but they were very encouraging of my reading. So if they didn't really have a problem with me going and checking out, you know. The, an adult novel from the um the library or whatever as long as you know i would actually sit down and read it um they probably didn't really think that one through because i learned about most of the things that they were trying to protect me from in the r-rated movies by reading it in novels instead yeah and usually in a lot more graphic and uh <laughs> you know, well yeah um, there's as we talked but, about last week especially in stephen king stuff there are some scenes yeah. in his books that are not film filmable uh, yep, because yep. it would automatically give it an X rating or NC seventeen or something like that. You know, there's yeah. the infamous scene from uh, the the sewer scene in it. Um, oh yeah, yeah. The infamous scene with the kids. Uh, if, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just Google that. Uh, yeah, I um, do. Yep. Yeah. I know there was a lot of hubbub about that recently for some reason. Like the book hasn't been around for you know two decades at this point, but. Well, I think when that one came out, everybody read it and was just like, well, that was weird. <laughs> and I can tell you that, that listening to the audiobook, that part, that was exactly my response. Like, well, that was just an uncomfortable, weird hour <laughs> of a 47-hour um, book. Yeah. But, but, yeah, so, like, this this movie's coming out concurrently with me, like, really getting the bug for reading Stephen King and kind of a, the horror novels in general. That was kind of my, my big gateway into... Um, the world of a, a horror or adult horror at least and um so i was super excited about this thing coming out and i was you know there on the night that the sun i think it was a sunday into monday um miniseries so two night event 
and um, I was there with my VHS tape ready to record, and I think I edited out the commercials mm-hmm. and everything. So this was a movie that I watched over and over and over again, which is funny because like I, then I hadn't like then I stopped right, and I haven't seen it since I was you know twelve, let's say. Um, and it was funny going back and revisiting this thing because I could almost like prior to revisiting it i wouldn't have remembered a whole lot about it but once i started watching it it was like i knew this like i knew what scene was coming next i knew what car- it was it was very very familiar to me hmm. to the point of um i obviously saw this many many times and enjoyed it a lot as a kid so which is which is funny because we were talking about um compared to even to salem's lot i think pacing is an issue with some of these uh um, yeah Oh yeah, miniseries, and this one, this one definitely has some issues with pacing, in my opinion. It's not quite the the home run that Salem's Lot is. This could have been made, in my opinion, this one, although also based on a very long novel. I think you probably could have pulled off a ninety minute movie of this and not lost a whole lot. <laughs> well, I, and this was Stephen King's first real foray into science fiction. Hmm. Um, you know, this... I mean, it's certainly still a bit sci-fi horror. But it, oh, it is. Yeah, definitely has, is it definitely sci-fi horror. But it's it's his first real dive into science fiction. While most of his stuff is horror fantasy, um, and occasionally you know thriller and drama. But um, I I kind of he hasn't really gone back to sci-fi horror and maybe this is why i know in an interview he has said this is his least favorite work yeah as a book and i know he's he's said multiple times that he was dealing with a lot of substance abuse issues at the time and really doesn't remember much about writing this novel well so, and and it kind of shows and honestly now i haven't read the novel either so we, we picked two yeah. mini series it's Stephen actually I mean, as much as stephen either. king yeah i know stephen king cuts down on it a lot himself but i actually feel like it's a fairly well-liked book from like people that are fans of his i've always heard i've heard good things i've heard mixed things personally and maybe it's just the people i'm talking to but i've heard mixed things like yeah it was all right it wasn't is it it was stephen king it was maybe kind of filler right um but it there there were i don't have as vivid memories as as uh, apparently you do i mean i remember seeing this when it first came out and not really i don't even remember having an opinion about it um i do remember the the scene with the dolls Yes, stuck oh, yeah. with me. That's, That's a... the only thing I really remembered was the scene with the dolls. <laughs> it's too late, Ruth. Um, yeah, and that's one I remembered. Like, uh, but once I st- once I got watching it, like everything was just very familiar. Um, so yeah, I'm sure I had to have watched this multiple times. I wasn't remembering it that well from just one watch through. So um, I also think this was the first time I ever saw Jimmy Smith's in anything, which I I really think he's great generally this movie's got a good cast it it has a surprisingly good cast which is kind of unfortunate because they're really underused yeah and i think the the cast does a great job it's the script is a little weak the execution is the budget is definitely lacking and the execution of the like movie itself is leaves a bit to be uh desired they looks like they saved up all of their money for the last five or 15 minutes of the film and everything else and these special effects are atrocious in the rest of the movie yeah um, they really are and the, i mean tracy lords and her lipstick laser and her yeah, laser lipstick Jeez. i also think like this is probably a good example of something that works really well on the page but doesn't necessarily work well in a um in a film and some of these inventions were just like pretty 
tough to swallow like as it even like from a concept of like what um like the the psychic typewriter and the uh yeah oh i don't know it's just um i understand what they were going for and it's well i'm sure it's i'm sure just like most of the miniseries it's probably very very closely based on the actual written work but well actually uh, i haven't read that i i I had i did read that this one actually takes quite a number of departures does it and it's actually not as faithful as it could have been which is odd because as we were talking about last week right if if you're when they take the reason they did so many stephen king miniseries is because it was a longer format to kind of cover more of his content Mm -hmm. from his books which can be quite long and in this case, it was just, I don't know, I felt like this movie, watching it, and then reading the synopsis of the book, and reading like the what the basic important parts are of the book, and how they changed it in this, it kind of felt like this was a movie made specifically for fans of the book to let them down. I don't know, it kind of feels, <laughs> yeah. because it, it doesn't cover as much, um, it, uh, to be honest, the whole last act of the of this miniseries i'm scratching my head going what the hell is going on you know there's, yeah there it, wasn't... they didn't build up to it in in the way that they could have it could have been more effectively built up to it being like i don't know there's not even like one piece of dialogue about like okay so uh bobby anderson is mm-hmm. uh march hoggenberger's character um what the main um character in the film and she finds this what would you call it initially like a structure uh, of some sort yeah, this weird her... kind of shaping stone thing sticking out of the ground in the woods and she starts excavating and it's huge and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger yep. and it glows and it makes her feel you know good by touching it and um she she starts undergoing changes uh, and her boyfriend is jimmy smith's character um guard who or jim gardner um, who coincidentally has a, a plate in his head and is like the only person in this small town that isn't totally taken by this entity or whatever it is that lives in the glowing rock. And I feel like what I, what I was alluding to is I feel like they could have kind of subtly thrown some hints in there at like, so, so you as the viewer can start to kind of unravel what the mystery of it. And I feel like they totally missed all of that. Like they don't even, these characters are the, are discovering this thing and they're not even they never even take the time to like talk about what it is or what it might be only that it like oh it glows green and now i'm inventing things and um even um guard who is a very he's from the get-go very um skeptical about all of it um he doesn't even really kind of dig into like what you know what you think of like logical person's reaction to something like that would be uh, he he certainly puts up with it for longer than I I don't know I feel like his yeah. eventual reaction is realistic but they do they kind of save the entire like the the entire story of this movie is technically told in the last what hour of it at the most half an hour of it yeah yeah maybe and something like that it's... when they reveal what's really going on uh, where they spent all their money on these big sets and costumes. Um, you kind of feel taken off guard by it. I mean, it all kind of makes sense, but you're like, okay, well, it, it's a, it feels like it's a little bit out of left field, and they don't even take the time to really explain. Like, I, I, I get this out on a rewatch that 
you know, not only is it an alien vessel of some sort, but it's like, it's been there for, you know, centuries and there. Um, so it's like ancient alien vessel underneath the, and it's using the town's people's energies and stuff to resurrect itself. Um, yeah, it, it, it just, it wasn't, I mean, I don't, I don't need ham fisted exposition or anything like that, but there really wasn't right. much of an explanation for anything here. It just kind of, you know, it, it honestly, it reminded me of kind of, you remember Starship Troopers? No, oh, yeah. Remember at the yeah. end when Neil Patrick Harris shows up and he was like, "Oh yeah, by the way, I psychically was communicating with you." Blah blah blah. I was like, "Oh well, that's just fucking thrown together." Um, yeah. <laughs> this kind of had the same kind of feel, but it, without that, it just kind of was like, "Okay, this is happening now." I mean, it really. Yeah. This is this was one that was actually a bit of a chore to get through. Um, it's it's a little slow, like pacing wise, yeah. it's a little slow. I feel like it's 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 never right out bad. Um, it does suffer from like 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 we said, like it just seems like it's a little disorganized. Mm-hmm. Um, what saves it, or what's its saving grace, if there's one good thing about it, is that like literally everyone in this movie is is excellent in it. The cast is great, um, right down to like you know bit parts really, and even the children actors, which sometimes are atrocious in TV movies like this, are are, are fairly good in this. Um, I mean, you're talking, um, Marge Hoggenberger, Jimmy Smith, um, Tracy Lords is actually pretty good in this. Um, yeah, it, 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 it parts. I shouldn't I mean, say there's... actually, I enjoy her. I enjoy her in a lot of things. Actually, I think she's, she's underrated because of the controversial way she became, you know, an actress, but, um, I kind of feel like her, her lines in... though were like, Hey, she used to do porn. Have her do lines like when she was in porn. <laughs> yeah. Know? I mean, it's... I feel like she was a bit typecast here, of course, but mm-hmm. as she is oftentimes, but I feel like she, I, she does a good job with what she, what she's handed. And, um... well, yeah, I mean, Robert Carradine was, it's, it's fun to see him in a role. That's not Revenge of the Nerds. Um, you know, E.G. Marshall yeah. is always, I don't know. I can't see yeah, the guy. E. Marshall's... I can't see E.G. Marshall and not want to call him Mr. Pratt from creep show yeah. but <laughs> yeah but yeah i mean but yeah i agree i mean and actually jimmy smith is really really quite good in this the there's yeah and, none of it though during any of the kind of eerie creepy stuff it's all of his recovering or currently struggling alcoholic poet yeah his character he gives a very strong really good yeah he's uh, and, and I, I would argue that I don't even know what, why or what actually got me to be such a big fan of his. I, I think it actually was the third season of the te- television show Dexter. But um, he is a is a favorite television actor of mine for sure. And obviously he's he's been in a couple of Star Wars films as well. And he's Bail Organa, yeah. But like, yeah. But um, so that that definitely gives him some some cred in my book, but. Um, I think that my my fandom of his actually goes back to this. I mean, seeing him in this, and he yeah. really is. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that. Uh, I'm glad that I went back and watched it. And even though I think the movie's you know fairly severely flawed at points, that he's his performance is still as solid as I remember it being. And he's he's very very good in this movie. Well, there was uh, a, somebody else who's in this too that I, I was it, it just I had to rack my brain and do a lot of googling to figure out what she was in. Was uh, Joanna Cassidy, which okay. when I yep. as, as Ruth, right as as the is she a deputy? Um, mm-hmm. No, sheriff, yeah, sheriff Merrill. Ruth Merrill. Yeah, she's the sheriff of of Haven. Yeah. yeah. So I, I was like, I've seen her before, and I was like, where have I seen her? And then I started googling. And I was like, oh my gosh, she was, you know, in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. But that wasn't where I remembered her from. I actually remembered her 
as the character of the boss Rose in Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. <laughs> That's where I remember yeah. her from. Like I'm right on I, top of that Rose. I just I found her to be very familiar as well and yeah. could never put my finger on what I remembered her from. So yeah, well, she's maybe also in Ghosts of Mars. She also did, was in uh, in Ghosts of Mars as well, I guess. So I, I have oh, to go yeah. back and revisit that one again. I don't remember. I think I have. Yeah, that one was a one watch. It's my but one of two or three Carpenter films I've only seen one time. But yeah. But yeah, I definitely uh, remember her from. Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead, which it could be that I recently rewatched that one, <laughs> which is actually prime oh, candidate for video junkyard review. Oh yeah, that'd be that a was, perfect. That was perfect a perfect era of. It's really still a, it holds up. Just quick review. I still like that movie, but um, yeah. no. The, the for, as far as you know, this yeah, I think the cast is good. Even even Marge Helgenberger is quite good in this. Um, yep, it's I think so too. just the script. You can tell you've got some really great actors here that are trying their best with a script that must have been mostly written in the dark, and it, it, it just isn't working. It, this was a miniseries to me that felt like it was riding on the coattails of It two years earlier. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I think it... Um... What came in between, I think there was, like, Golden Years and something else that I haven't seen. But they did a couple other miniseries in between. But, um, yeah, this was definitely when this was a yearly, we're going to do a Stephen King miniseries, and here's the one for this year. It's, uh, you know, Tommy Knockers. So, yeah, because it was, you know, they did this one, they did It, they did The Stand. Those were, like, the those yeah, were the big three. They did, well, they did Langoliers. Which was was that a two parter yeah. or was that a one? I think that's a two parter. And it didn't need to be. No, I think uh, I think I even remember, and I haven't seen it in a really long time, but I think I remember it being a little long even when I was young. So, but but then uh, yeah, and then they started doing other Stephen King. They started adapting more of his short stories into films. That well, I think the worst example is uh, Lawnmower Man. Where they use the <laughs> yeah. name and they use Stephen King's name, and then they changed literally everything about that story. I mean, it yep. is it. World War Z going from book to movie <laughs> had had more common threads, which, by the way, aren't many. Um, right. Than than Lawnmower. Yeah, I mean, I've I've read the Lawnmower Man. Yeah. Story. And it is nothing like the movie. No, <laughs> like, not not even like oh they changed premise. a few things. Like the entire plot is different. The characters are different. Yeah. Every single thing is different. There yep. might be yeah, one that's scene a... that's like, hey, that kind of reminds me of a thing from that short story, but not really. <laughs> I mean, have you you've read actually more Stephen King than I have? Um, yeah, I, I've read a fair amount. I don't, not a ton. I mean, especially since he pumps out a couple books a year. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I've read a, I've read a fair amount. Is there anything that he's written that, I guess in, in the kind of, I don't know, I don't want to, I don't want to pigeonhole his work, but I'd say kind of his classic era, 90s stuff, right? The short stories, mm -hmm. 80s and 90s stuff, the, the short stories to the, um, you know, like they did it. There's actually so many movies and TV series based on his work. Has there anything that you've... Oh, yeah. Almost everything he's written has been <laughs> adapted in some it, form. Has there, so. Is there anything that you've read of his that you would like to see adapted that hasn't been? 
Um, I mean, I think a lot of his, especially like uh, short stories like Night Shift and, um, oh, what's the, uh, there's another one. Um, anyway, the early couple short story collections, there's a lot of cool stuff that would make good mm-hmm. shorts. Um, if you were to like be fairly, you know, faithful, like I, I think night, the lawnmower man is in night shift, the original. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I like so much has been <laughs> adapted based on his work. I, it's hard to say. I think most of the things that I've read by him, I'm trying to think if there's anything besides, you know, short stories that hasn't been adapted already. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of anything. Um, but yeah, you know, what would be cool is especially talking about Salem's lot last week. Have you ever read the short story Jerusalem's lot, which is kind of like a prequel to no, but I'm, I'm familiar with it, but I haven't read it. Yeah, that'd be cool. It's a, it's actually a little less vampire and a more, um, kind of Lovecraftian in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, but, um, it's a cool sto- short story, but it, it would have to be something short. I don't think you would be able to do a whole film based on that like a prequel to it i'm sure you could if you got people in there to like really bloat it up i'm sure that's the kind of stuff that that was like that's the kind of idea they would have is take that short story and make a whole prequel movie to salem's lot so i'm gonna forget i said that let's not do that well did you ever (laughs) did you ever read any of the dark tower series uh yes i've read the first two novels and always wanted to continue because i liked them a lot but the it's a lot of big, long books, so I'm actually taking your your advice, and I'm gonna start reading some of his stuff via audiobook. So mm-hmm. we'll see if maybe I can get those done that way. Yeah, I, I do I, have a lot. I have a lot of luck getting stuff done via audiobook and not um, sitting down reading because just the simple fact that I can have it on in the car, or I can have it on when I'm doing kind of brainless work around the house and listen to books that way so yeah that's that's actually what i did with it is it was just like yep, i'm gonna get on the treadmill for 45 minutes and just listen and yep. um though my treadmill which is like a craigslist purchase is in my <laughs> basement and so listening to it on a treadmill with your back against the stairs is oh, yeah. <laughs> not the ideal situation because every time my wife would come up to me and be like, "Hey, how long are you gonna be?" I would about shit myself and fall off the treadmill because <laughs> um, I can't hear anything, right? So, right. But I did start reading the first Dark Tower book uh, a year or so ago before the movie came out, and unfortunately, I didn't finish it. It was good. I just didn't finish it. Got distracted with things, as yeah, I, very commonly happens. And I like it a lot. And so. I haven't seen the movie, and I've heard it's pretty bad. Yeah, anytime somebody takes, you know, eight large novels, you know, the shortest being like a two, a three hundred page novel to the longest being like a fourteen hundred page novel, and adapts them all into one two hour movie, you have trouble. Like I think there's yeah. not gonna be. Um, so yeah, I, I I was initially attracted to seeing it, and then I just the reviews were abysmal, so I didn't. I may still at some at some point, but. Yeah, if I can uh, find it for free I, somewhere. And I'm also wondering, yeah. since I haven't really read all of it, I've read a chunk of the first book, but not enough to really say I've read a lot of it. Um, I wonder if I would enjoy it because it's I, I'm not comparing it to the source material. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. You never know. Um, and I've like I've, I've only scratched the surface on the series, really. I mean, it goes on, like, what, there's seven, six or seven books? Yeah, something and like that. It's, 
yeah and i've only read the first two um which are the short ones so <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah exactly yeah and then now they, they really start to get quite involved but yeah but yeah the, the guy has such a, a treasure trove of just all these different cool things that he's done. And one thing I've heard, people have, a couple of people have recommended to me the, the Dark Tower series because I'm a, a huge H.P. Lovecraft fan. And mm-hmm. I've heard that there's there's a very strong Lovecraftian element in, in many ways. There's a ways. bit of that in what I've read, but I think it does go on to be more um, involved. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, 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 Stephen King's always had a little bit of that. Yeah. Um influence in him he's also kind of a bit lovecraftian in the fact that he kind of very subtly ties all of his stuff together like most of his stuff takes place within a within the same universe which is cool so right uh, right and and that's something actually i've always liked about lovecraft's work not to to derail mm -hmm. too much on him but especially finding out that really that was just kind of i guess for lack of a better phrase that was connecting all of his stuff was kind of a gag yeah. It was like it yeah. was him and other writers like, you know, you know, Robert Block and stuff or Robert E. Howard, I mean, you know, saying things like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll mention one of your characters just in passing in one of my books and I'm going to mention something in passing from one of my previous stories. But it, it built. That's yeah. how you build a universe. You know, let the fans do the rest. Let them connect all those threads. And and I think with, with The Dark Tower, I think Stephen King actually really intended to do that uh, from what I've heard. And that it yeah. definitely oh, helps. Yeah, for sure. But uh, um, so, anyway, back to yeah. Tommy Knockers. We were talking about that because <laughs> it was so um, good. We just derailed. Yeah. yeah, and so I guess if you had to give, let's do. You know, if you have to give that a letter grade. What would you? I don't give know. Give the Tommy I mean, if, if you know, look, I'll I'll do this because we did this with Salem's Lot. We reviewed it in two different ways. One based on Stephen King miniseries, and then with that one, remember we did also just vampire films. Uh, mm-hmm. Do we want to do this like Stephen King miniseries and sci-fi movies? I don't know. How do you want to do that? One? <laughs> I was going to say if we give it a sci-fi movies one, my grade's going to be a lot lower than the yeah, uh, which it's already not a great one in the first place. But um, let's just say as a you know in general Stephen King miniseries since that's what we're looking at. Let's give it the one one grade. There's nothing I don't I can't uh, think of anything right off the top of my head to compare this to so. I would say as a Stephen King miniseries, this is pretty low. Um, it's it's not the worst Stephen King adaptation I've seen. I think Lawnmower Man really holds the candle to that one. <laughs> um, but it's 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 low. I'm gonna give this one a D. Um, and, yeah. and, and and the other reason I'm not saying F is because it 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 could have been better. But I mean, I don't know from what I've heard from the people I've talked to, which again, you know, everybody's got a different opinion. But the people I've talked to, that even the book was one of his, it was, it was Stephen Not King. It was Stephen King, so that's kind of why it was, it wasn't horrible. Because, you know, can he write a horrible book? I don't know. Um, it wasn't the worst adaptation of a Stephen King story I've seen. I unfortunately do think that a lot of his horror, slash horror sci-fi in this case, miniseries or movies are end up being kind of crappy uh, when they're adapted to film or tv because there's just so much left out um yeah but i do agree with you that the last 15 minutes of this is the most intriguing yeah and visually in this miniseries the last 10 to 15 minutes are the most interesting 
So that yeah, I mean, that keeps me feel like saying, it's seriously r- their entire budget went <laughs> to the yeah. end of this thing, and designing the interior of the spacecraft and the alien creatures and everything. So yeah, and and again, I I thought it was a great cast. I mean, just what, the opening credits of the first half, I was like, oh god, you know, Carradine and Tracy Lords and Jimmy Smith. Oh, this mm-hmm. is gonna be great. And I'm like, wow, just wasted talent. These are these are competent. Yeah good actors and they're just not used and i'm not even saying like not used well for the 90s they're just not used well so yeah. what about you i i don't know i have fond memories of this one so i i'm a little more favorable on it but it's certainly a flawed film i think i i gave it a c plus mm-hmm. um I think it's underwhelming in general, so by the time you get done with it, it's hard not to feel a little disappointed because you've just invested three hours of your life in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little bit bloated, and the script's not very good, but I do think the acting is generally incredibly good. Um, and that, I mean, even compared compared to the TV miniseries at the time, it's when you start to compare it to its peers really not as bad as when you're comparing it to Salem's Lot. So that's what yeah. <laughs> um that's what our maybe where we went wrong on our comparison here, but um I think it's actually above average even for um what it is or even compared to its um contemporaries uh or television production at the time in 1993 when it was made. So I don't know, it's a decent watch. It's not one I'm going to say run out and get like we did for Salem's Lot. It's if you appreciate uh, the the source material, it's it's probably worth checking out. Um, if you're a big Stephen King fan, obviously I think it'd be worth your time. Um, if you're a big fan of any of the actors that are in this, I think Jimmy Smith's is really great in this movie. I think Mar- Marge Helgenberger is very great in this movie. E.G. Marshall's good in this movie. Um, I don't know if anyone's you know a big enough fan of any of those people to sit through a three hour movie just to see it, but um, the cast is certainly good. They're 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 acting their ass off, even though the script is kind of lacking. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I think my fond memories of it are a little bit tainted by rewatching it, but uh, I don't think it's awful. It, it was okay. It's still it was still fun to check out again. Uh, it's not it's not Salem's Lot, and it probably will still remain in my collection since I did purchase it, and it's um, technically got a print right now, so I'll hang on to it, but. Probably oh yeah, I'll do the same. Every, I'll do the know, same, but I, yeah, week. I don't think I'm going to be watching it anytime <laughs> soon. Yeah. So, but anyway, so what do we got coming up? Uh, in we talked a little bit here? about Tommy Knock. Oh, uh, yeah, you know that's a good question. What do we have coming up in future episodes? Uh, it's been a while since we didn't run it down last week. Um, I know next week we're going to be talking about um, a, a cult classic that I have just recently seen for the first time is uh, the '80s film Night of the Demons. Yes, and I think the week after we're gonna be taking a look at the when that when did that one come out the early two thousands very late nineties but it, uh, the movie Event Horizon which is one yes. that right off the bat right I think I was working at the video store that I was talking about when that one came out and that's been a favorite for years and years of mine so uh, looking forward to looking at that one again because it's been a little while but. yeah you know that's one that. Um, I remember hearing the I, I vaguely remember the buzz about it when it was first coming out. Um, uh, I, I got a story about it. I'll save for when we actually do the episode. But but that is one that that uh, I picked up on DVD the first time I saw it available, and uh, it's 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 a, a, a happy one in my collection. It, it actually does get 
I don't want to say an annual viewing, but but if I'm flipping through the huge DVD wall and I come across it, I'm like, ooh, yeah, that'd be a fun one. So I'm looking yeah. forward to watching that one again. And coming up after that, and if anyone hasn't voted yet, uh, there there are polls on our Facebook page yes. and on our Twitter uh, for we're going to do a our first annual Razzies special. So basically, mm. you get to pick out of which of the five nominated worst films of 2018 would you like Joe and I to sit through and then you know spend uh, half an hour to an hour talking about <laughs> bonus points um, if they yeah. are also nominated for best picture from the Academy Awards <laughs> yes <laughs> jeez but um, yeah I'm, I'm yeah, so totally we'll, looking forward to that one <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll see what you know be, be nice to us. Uh, I don't know if you can be really, since it's you know the five worst films of the years, supposedly. So, anyway, um, yeah. So looking forward to that. That'll be fun. We'll uh, get your votes in if you haven't already, and uh, we'll let you know very shortly. I think probably end up the, those polls will end uh, mid. By the time you're listening to this, uh, they've probably already ended. Actually, so I guess it's. Uh, we'll be reviewing uh, Razzie. Thanks for voting. That's what I meant. So yeah, yeah. we'll be reviewing it for Razzie. So yes, but anyway, I think that's. Uh, be sure to drop us a line. Uh, we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter, and uh, or you can shoot us an email at videojunkyardpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, send us a. You know, reaction, your thoughts about the Tommy Knockers, your thoughts about Stephen King, your thoughts about Salem's Lot, or your thoughts about anything in general, or share another movie review with us. If you take the time to write it, we'll take the time to read it. So just um, shoot us anything and we will, um, yeah, yeah, get it on the show. Yeah, you can download our episodes. Um, we're, this is, I think, episode 33, 34? 34. Yeah. You can download all of our other episodes or find them on SoundCloud. And you can tweet us at VideoJunkPod. And we look forward to hearing from you all. So, as usual, this is Joe Peterson. <laughs> this is Eric O'Branson. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go! Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast. On Twitter at Video Junk Pod, and on Instagram as Video Junkyard Podcast, all one word. Want to thank you again for listening and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the Video Junkyard? <laughs>